Welcome to Talos Takes, the security podcast for everyone from the C-suite to the front lines. Right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Talos Takes. I'm joined by Martin Lee from our strategic communications team. Thanks, Martin, for taking time out of your running schedule to join me. Well, thanks for inviting me. It's a great pleasure. Today, we're going to be talking about something that I literally do not know anything about. And it was a surprise to me when I heard about it on our one of our internal team calls a couple of weeks ago. And that is ISO 27002, which I, I don't know how you're actually supposed to say that, but that's like the easiest collection of numbers for me to put together. And so we're going to be releasing this podcast along with a blog that you're putting out around these international standards for threat hunting and information security in general. This is essentially, the, the as I understand it, the newest set of international standards for how to handle information security. And when I first saw it, you mentioned it, I had no idea what it was. So I'm hoping that this episode will kind of serve as a, a learner for people to be on the same train as me. So can you explain to me and anyone else who might know what are these standards exactly? Like who manages them and, and who is beholden to them exactly? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, we can go back to the dawn of history. And one of the first things that happens in any marketplace from the dawn of time is that you have a Weights and Measures Act so that um, it's actually clear what it is that you're buying in the marketplace and all the vendors are, are, are using the same measure of weights or lengths for, for selling their goods. So standardization on units and measurement is, is something that we, we've had millennia. But through the industrial age, as technology developed, it became very important for vendors to agree common technical standards so that uh, the components managed by one manufacturer could be used with the components manufactured by another. I mean, obviously, it's very important that the electricity coming out of your wall is compatible with your washing machine. Um, can you imagine how life would be difficult if, you know, everyone, various electricity providers provided you with different definitions of electricity? And the same with simple things such as buying a screw. It's really good to know that the screw that you buy will fit that hole with the drill bit that you've drilled. And it becomes even more important when you're, when you're manufacturing goods. So it came quite important during the industrial age that, that manufacturers were following standards so that things could be interchanged. And then during the 20th century, it became increasingly important for national standards bodies to, to agree common standards for measuring and specifying um, anything to do with engineering or technical items or electrical issues and all of that put together. Ultimately, um, this led to the formation of the International Electrotechnical Commission and the International Organization for Standardization, who are the international bodies that provide a framework and a process by which national standards bodies can work together with technical experts to agree what's the vocabulary, what's the common vocabulary, the common measurements, and also the best practices for anything to do with, with, with technology. And these agreements are published as standards, which organizations can choose to implement and be certified against if they wish. I think it's important to say no one is beholden to these standards. You can pick and choose if you follow them or not. But for procurement, for buying things, it's incredibly, incredibly useful 
because you can specify that whatever it is that you're purchasing meets this particular standard and that way you can be confident that whatever it is that you're buying is following the agreed best practices by global experts so that you as a purchaser don't need to be an expert in something you just need to pick the appropriate standard and that way you'll know that you're getting something which is meeting best practices okay but that's, that no that no, i think that makes total sense and and part of the standards are that certain companies or defenders or cybersecurity programs have threat intelligence collection as part of that, which is specifically what you wrote about in the blog post that I'll be linking to. And as you point out in your writing, many organizations may not have that in place already, whether it be the appropriate people or systems. So if, if someone is starting from the very ground floor with a threat intelligence program, what's the best place to start? The place to start is with the um, ISO stroke IC 27,000 family of standards. So there's actually a whole range of standards that apply to information security. ISO 27002, which, which I wrote about, is basically just a list of controls that can be implemented as part of an ISO 27001 compliant cybersecurity program. So the place to start is with ISO 27001, which will guide you through the process of actually looking at the risks that your organization faces and the potential controls that you could choose to implement to actually manage those those risks. ISO 27002 is just a, a list of potential controls, one of which is threat intelligence. So the place to start is with ISO 27001, and ISO 27002 is an adjunct to that. And within that, there there is now listed um, a threat intelligence program. But, but it's only, I mean, you know, threat intelligence is just part of a broader cybersecurity program, and it's important to get that wider program right first. Under ISO 27002, what exactly do they mean, you know, when they say, oh, you should have a threat intelligence program? Because I feel like they could kind of mean a lot of different things. And then also, why do you feel like you, you don't even have to, like, obviously you're not a mind reader, so you can't speak to what these people were thinking when they wrote this. But why do you think that a threat intel program is important to anyone's cybersecurity program or standards. Well, so the first thing is ISO 27001 doesn't dictate that you must have a threat intelligence program. It's one of the potential controls that they list that you might choose to implement if it's appropriate to you. Very simply, the, the standard just describes um, threat intelligence as a, as a program of collecting information about threat and importantly documenting um, why you are doing it. What are the requirements for your threat in intelligence program? What, what are the objectives? What is it that you're trying to do? And then making sure that you've got a documented process around that through which the effectiveness of your program can be judged. Most organizations are probably already doing threat intelligence in one form or another. It's just about keeping abreast of what's happening in the threat landscape. Put simply, what are the bad guys doing? Are they doing anything new? Are these new things covered by our existing um, cybersecurity protections? Or do we need to do something different? And really, the process within ISO 27001 is, is about identifying what are the risks, what are the bad guys up to, 
how are you going to find out about changes in the threat landscape and then what what is it that you're going to do about that and ultimately that's all threat intelligence is it can be very very simple it can be as complicated as you want but basically it's about keeping abreast of threat documenting how you're doing it making sure that your program is effective and most importantly when the threat threat landscape changes and the bad guys do something different making sure that you're using that knowledge to make good choices about how you might change your other defenses. This is a fairly new addition, as you mentioned, because it wasn't in the 27,001. Uh, so why do you think that they felt the need to make that addition? Do you feel like threat intel is maybe just starting to land on, say, the, the average quote-unquote person's radar now? So there's always a lag in the standards between um, what's emerging as best practice and then what gets documented as um, uh, as one of those best practices. And so, yeah, there's always going to be a slight lag in the development and publication of standards. But I think it's also important to recognize that our use of technology over the past 20 years has changed massively. And as we're exposing ourselves to more and more risks due to that technology, also, the bad guys have developed as well, and the way that the bad guys are abusing this technology is becoming more and more complex. So just keeping abreast of those changes, both in how we're using technology and relying on technology, and also the potentials for the bad guys to subvert that is just becoming more and more complex. And I don't think any longer it's not sufficient to ploy protections and then just leave them for five years expecting, yeah, this is going to be good enough. Um, the threat landscape is much, much more dynamic than that. We have to make changes much, much faster. And that mm -hmm. involves just keeping up with the changes. And that's what threat intelligence is all about. Yeah. So, and, and lastly, like I said, I want this to kind of be a primer for folks who have never heard of these standards before. So outside of a threat intel program, what else stands out to you and these standards as they're outlined? Uh, do you feel like there's really, you know, if somebody's just, you know, obviously I'm going to link to it in the show notes, but if somebody just like Googles it or whatever, what are some important things that you think somebody should really be looking at in these standards? So there are 63 different publications in the ISO 27,000 family so just some, standards. just some light reading. Yeah, um, it's not <laughs> supposed to be light reading. It's supposed to be the collection of, of best practices of, of how you go about um, uh, protecting systems. Not all of the standards will be relevant to everyone and not all of the protections will be appropriate to every organization. You know, every organization faces different cybersecurity risks and um, no two cybersecurity programs are identical. So it's very much a matter of picking and choosing and selecting what's, what's relevant to you. But you know what? I think spending an afternoon of browsing through the standards and the information about them, which is available, is a very very good investment for anyone working in cybersecurity. Uh, certification against ISO 27001 is, is widely considered as the gold standard for, for cybersecurity. So spend a bit of time looking at what's, um, at what's available, what other organizations have adopted, and, and consider how that's appropriate to your own organization. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Martin, for coming on the show and talking through this with me. I feel like I learned so much now in only like 10 minutes and now I won't be so shocked the next time I uh, show up to an internal meeting and are like, what are y'all talking about? So thank you for your time, Martin, and I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you.